With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Uh, you know what we can do and moving forward and 
It's going to be a lot of fun, Scott. I'm I'm so stoked. I'm so excited. Uh, but you know, we've got a lot of things we need to cover. Uh, you know, this is only what June twenty second, and there's going to be a lot of things happening between now and then. Uh, but I'm I'm pumped up and uh, I'm ready to go to Vegas. But I'm ready to get uh, ready to get uh, you know stoked up about the different things that are going to happen this week. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. If you'd like to call, uh, if you want to tweet us, we're at Red Blue Radio. You can ask any question at the Twitter account, or you can email us RedBlueRadio at gmail dot com. We stream live every Friday night on the Fantasy Sports Channel FSC dot FM. We also stream live on iTunes Radio. Uh, so we'd love to have you uh, pop on the pod- podcast. Maybe pop in the chat room here. We affectionately call them the crew some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, this is the place you want to be in the regular season and the preseason, learning about your draft strategy, trying to figure it out, trying to make sense of this whole thing that we call average draft position, draft strategy, draft formula. You've got to learn your rules, know the rules, and try to maximize what you can do with them uh, when it comes time to draft. You only are on the clock. You only get so long, 30 seconds, a minute. That's all you get. And you got that chance to either make it or break your draft. And so it has to be right in the clutch. This is what you do. You, you get in these smaller leagues, you draft, maybe jump in some mid-satellite leagues and draft. And then when it comes time in September, you're ready for the big leagues. And it's just clockwork orange, baby. I mean, uh, i, I got to tell you, last year I did a lot of drafts, probably more drafts than I ever did in my life. Mike, you know, you were here. You did a lot of them with me. And I had my most relaxed draft ever. I mean, Granted, it's a little easier on the turn. You get to take the first pick. I had the first. I took Ray Rice, came back, and, I, and you just snake them, you know, two in a row. And every single time it came to me, I knew exactly who I was going to take. It took me exactly zero time. Uh, every single draft pick, I felt very comfortable. And it and it resulted in my best finish ever, man. I'm not, I'm not a John Haskell here or Coyote Streakers. These guys that win, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars here every year, Okay. But I did have my best finish ever, 10th place overall in the FFPC. I'm very happy about that. And it had a lot to do with preparation, Mike. We did a lot of shows last year, and that's what I want to try to give to the listeners here at Red vs. Blue, that preparation so when you're on the clock, it's clockwork orange. Well, Scott, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, that brings up uh, what you just talked about, talking about you, John, and uh, things like that, talking in uh, draft positions. Uh, you know, it seems like that. You know, it's it's either the one spot or the 14 spot, the one spot or the 12 spot, uh, because that does give you that time. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're going to be under the gun for about, uh, you know, quite a few minutes. But once those once those draft spots hit you, you've got to pick bam, bam, real quick. And uh, would you rather have some of those spots versus a seven or an eight? Hey, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm chatting with the chat room here, man. I was gonna go ahead and let you make a point. Billy Wallace in the chat room. He says number one through number three this year, huge advantage in drafting. Uh, do you agree or disagree, Mike? If it's one through three, it's Ray Rice, Arian Foster, Lashawn McCoy. If you're sitting back at three, you just take whatever's left. I, you know what? I I kind of disagree, and the only reason I say that is because on my my spot I had last week in the seventh spot, that wasn't too bad. I was able to get uh, my running backs and wide receivers and uh, and a quarterback in in the fifth round that, that I like. So I'm not so sure that uh, one through three is, is that good uh, when it comes down to that. We also are taking uh, predictions in the chat room. How high will Mike finish in the FFPC main event? His first ever trip to Vegas to participate in a high-stakes fantasy contest. He's been to Chicago. Uh, he's been to Kentucky for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Now he ventures out west to the Fantasy Football Players Championship, where he won a free entry last year uh, by defeating, uh, I don't know, man, you defeated quite a few uh, other players there in that Kentucky Championship to take down a um, to take down a free main event entry. you got a heck of a team there, so very proud of you. We have the first guest. Eric Bauchman says 580, Mike. That's your first guest, buddy. 580. 
Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of not a lot of faith in the chat room from Mr. Eric Baltman, a, a friend of the program that just just hosted High Stakes Fantasy oh. Football with Dave Gerzak. What a show that was! They really had a good time listening to those guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I I I feel confident in uh, in my drafting. I'm I'm a much better redrafter than I am a dynasty player. Uh, I, I'm going to tell tell you that straight up. You know that, Scott. Uh, you know, I'm a much better redrafter, and uh, I feel very, very confident in uh, coming in, in, into this draft already. I mean, there's no lockout. There, there's nothing holding anybody up, whether it's me, you, or Eric, or anybody else out there. Uh, Dave Gerzak, uh, whatever. I mean, I'm, I feel very confident coming into this draft, and I feel very confident whether I draft in the one, seven, six, or 12, it doesn't matter. And I want to revise that real quick, Mike. That was not Eric Baldwin. That was Dave Gerzak. He's just messing around. He said, Brothers Mayhem takes you for the top 200. Uh, and Dave comes back and says, uh, Mike, you will do just fine. So there is a good discussion about the spot preference. Top three, middle of the draft, or that eight to nine spot. I remember for years there was a lot of, a lot of talk about the top of the draft, and then all of a sudden you go back and you look at the results and the sweepers were at the end of the first round. When I'm looking at draft boards now, Mike, I mean, it could really come from from either spot. We're seeing we're seeing players that, uh, you know, somebody like a Matt Forte, if you're drafting right now, you're getting him at 2-5. So you're in the back of the draft, and when he signs, not if he signs, but when he signs, he's going to be Matt Forte again. He's going to be getting the rock. He's going to be getting the receptions. Uh, a lot of open space there because of the wide receiver weapons that they have. And, uh, you know, you're going to get that type of player. Adrian Peterson's been going in the in the second. You know, you could get two top running backs at the end of the second round. Not a bad place to be when you really go uh, and start to analyze it. And there's great wide receivers there. I still, I'm still very impressed with Dwayne Bowe and how far he's falling in these drafts. I mean, look, he was a top five wide receiver when that cast was there. Last year they didn't have him. They didn't have uh, Jamal Charles. He's back in action, and he's not getting any love. No respect for Dwayne Bowe. I could see somebody taking uh, Hakeem Nicks and uh, Victor Cruz, both of them. You know, I've seen that strategy work. Prognosticator made that famous for years. The Fitz and Bolden and the Wayne and Harrison. You could do Nicks and Cruz this year and have a, tr- a hell of a tandem at wide receivers. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to win these leagues, and uh, I'm just not so convinced that the top three you have that edge. I think you might come out of the draft experience feeling a little bit better about your team, but that doesn't really always translate. We all know that, guys. Come on. It never translates into the regular season. It's always the team you hated when you drafted it ends up doing great, and the team that you were so thrilled about ends up tanking. That's how it goes. Yeah, you know what? You're right, Scott. And nine times out of ten, you know, you walk out of a draft, you're you're going, man, I love my team. This is who I got. You know, you're yapping to – to, to your buddy, you're saying, hey, this is who I got. Man, I feel really good about this. And all you're going, man, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a different experience. Uh, it's a different experience drafting, and uh, and especially in the high-stakes leagues because they're so much fun. And, you know, you, you just got to gotta go through it and deal with it. Uh, but I tell you what, I'll be honest with you, um, it takes a lot of luck, and you know I know you don't want you don't want me to say that, but it takes a lot of luck. You have to have everything go your way from draft from the point of draft day moving forward. You have to have a lot of luck. No injuries. No injuries. We have a special guest for this evening. Jeff Pasquino is going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. He was taking part in a high in a uh, experts football guy draft earlier this week. And I like the way his team turned out. We're going to talk to him in just a minute, Mike. Uh, we've got several segments uh, tonight, and, and there's just a lot to talk about. Let's get right to it. RT Sports Satellite Leagues, 3495, a, a team. I saw this email. I sent it out to all my local league guys this week, and I'm like, man, for 35 bucks, you can get into these leagues now finally, and you can win you a seat, win you an entry into the FPC uh, challenge that they have every year, the Football Guys Players Championship. That's a $350 main event prize. A lot of people can't fork over the three bills, you know, and hand that over to somebody that they don't know, even if they've heard good things about it. It's hard to fork over those three bills. 
but this way you pay your normal thirty four ninety five, you win your league, and then boom before you know it, next year, you're locked and loaded, baby. You're in the FPC football guy player championship. You're learning about the rules, the one and a half points per tight end catch, the dual flex, uh and, and you're in. And I got a lot of interest from my local guys up here in Indy in the league that we play in. They're all excited about doing these three packs for like eighty, eighty five bucks or something. Uh, getting in and, and taking advantage of it. So I think that's a very good idea by RT Sports and the guys, the football guys, uh, the Players' Championship, FFPC. I think it's going to do very well. And I'm excited to help some of these guys that are in our local leagues, Mike, take that first step into playing the mid-stakes games. And that's what it's right. all about, man, seeing them enjoy a league like they've never enjoyed it before. I mean, they enjoy their local league, but once they play one of these, I guarantee you, and I'm going to help them with the draft, we'll, we'll probably go in, you know, halves or something, and let them kind of make the final call. But it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting to take those local guys up and, and get them into the mid states games. Yeah, you know, and I also want to make a comment. Uh, when FFPC decided to go with uh, RT Sports, you know, it was kind of a risky thing. Uh, I'm sure that Dave and Alex, uh, you know, they probably thought it was kind of risky, but they went ahead and did it. And there was some uh, there were some naysayers there, but. Uh, Everything worked out just fine. So, uh, you know, I think it's a, I think it's an outstanding opportunity. I totally agree with you, Scott. It's an outstanding opportunity for folks to, to jump in and say, hey, you know, let me, let me take it to the next level. Because, I mean, that was me. That, that was myself. You know, let's just take it to the next level. And uh, you never know what would happen because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people out there that they're better then maybe some of us, they just need to show up. So it's it's your time to show up. Hey, I totally agree with what you said. Some of these guys that don't play high stakes, I, I, I think the exact same thing. I'm like, man, you're really good at what you do. You could really make some serious catches that you just got to believe in yourself. And uh, I, that's what I love to see those guys take that next step. So it's going to be fun. Uh, Mike, we've also got uh, that 30-round draft. We've got to talk about it. The NFFC uh, had a um, high-stakes uh, draft challenge, $150 draft champions league, $10,000 grand prize. I'm going to go ahead and post the chat. I'm going to post the draft board in the chat room for everybody to see. It was a 30-round monster. And I'm going to say this, Mike, a 30-round nightmare for me because this thing lasted until 115, 120 was my last pick of the night. We started at 9 p.m. Now, it wasn't necessarily the length of the draft, but uh, but they, they need to take that timer and shorten that up a little bit and give everybody a minute to pick because a minute and a half is way too long. Uh, minute 15, I think, is still too long. And then they had a couple of times where there were some bugs in the uh, – you know, some of the guys said, I didn't make that pick, please roll it back. That was Donnie T, you know, a couple of times. I mean, Donnie, if you're out there, we love you. But, man, it, there's no draft is complete without a Donnie T uh, meltdown. And, and that's what happened. And we were there till uh, you know, like I said, 1.30. But, man, Mike, 30 rounds, 14-teamer. I'm telling you what, I was totally spent taking guys. I, I, I can't believe some of the names that, that were being taken there. You know, I, I don't even have a clue who they are. You know, you're just taking flyers on guys. Uh, you know, that you, I, I, you just never know. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I mean, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, I, I would do it again. I mean, I really would. Uh, but... At the end of the day, boy, you're you're not kidding. I mean, I was done. I mean, I was totally done. You know, I'm going through rounds 22, 23, 24, and I'm looking. I'm going, wow, we got six, seven, eight more rounds to go. And it, it was just uh, – but then again, you know, I kept uh, – I, I talked on the show last week that uh, you never know those last rounds – that can make all the difference in the world if you can find that gold mine. But, but it was it was fun, but it was it was very taxing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and bring in our special guest of the evening, Jeff Pasquino from FootballGuys.com. Jeff, hey. welcome to Red vs. Blue, my man. This uh, I'm taking a look at this draft that you have. Uh, I see a lot of names that I recognize. Half a point for running backs, a point for receivers, and one and a half for tight ends. You drew the number one spot. Uh, what'd you do with it, man? Yeah, well, it was it was fun. Hey, uh, good to talk to you guys as always. Uh, so I, you're right; same three names come up to it. So it's either Ray Rice, Aaron Foster, or Shady McCoy to come off the first. There, I went with Ray Rice because I think he's probably the most 
ca- uh, capable solid lock there, and he's also the least dependent, I think, on PPR. So uh, he's, he also has the cheapest handcuff as well. So for me, and also if I'm going to go other backs, I don't. there's not many other week eight running backs I really look at. So it was very simple for me, Ray Rice, and to see how the rest of the draft plays out. And I was very happy how the draft all went. Yeah, uh, at the top of the draft, you're taking uh, Ray Rice. Uh, it's funny, Gronkowski actually went number two in this draft by Jason Wood, very respected player in his own right. Was there any conversation about Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham both being taken in the top five with the one-and-a-half points per reception? That's the highest I've seen him go. Yeah, I thought that was a little heavy. I thought that was an overreaction to some guys not really being used to the 1.5 PPR for a tight end. I think that was an overvaluation. I know some guys just love Gronk. I think that Gronk is going to come down a little bit because of Brandon Lloyd, and I actually got Aaron Hernandez at a great value at the at the 2-3 turn. Well, I'm sure Mike has a question for you next, uh, Jeff, yeah. but I've got, to, I've got to say this. For a guy like Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski, uh, just in layman's terms, okay, just break it down for us. If they're catching 90 or 100 balls, and we can pretty much – Rest assured they're going to catch another 85, 90 balls this year, you know, without injuries. That means they're catching an equivalent to a wide receiver 135 balls with that 10, 15 touchdown. So tell me why somebody like that is not acceptable to be drafted when a Calvin Johnson is acceptable to be drafted. Well, I think he's acceptable to be drafted, but I, I don't I don't necessarily guarantee either Gronkowski or Graham to catch ninety balls this year. So I could see downside for both of them. I think if you're if you're if you're saying rock solid, no question ninety catches from sure, I understand that, but I think there's downsides to both of them. I think New Orleans offense is a little bit um tumultuous because you, you know, the head coach is not gonna be there. Uh Drew Brees isn't signed. Uh, in New England, you've got a, a different ground game. You've got Brandon Lloyd. It's a different mix right there. And I think Aaron Hernandez didn't get many touchdowns, and, and Malvin went to Gronk. So uh, I just think that, you know, I can see I can see making the case, no question. I don't, I don't see either one of these guys not being in the first round. I just think that um, there, are, there are other tight ends that are going to be better values that are be available in rounds two through four that I would think about. Now, I was real happy how this draft played out because it seemed like every time I took a player in a certain position leading into the next back of the round, I basically started to run, which is exactly what you want to see at the turn. It means you're ahead of the curve, and you, you just locked in. Like, for example, I took Aaron Hernandez at 301. There were three tight, four tight ends that went the rest of that round. So that's great for me because, you know, there's no flex in this in this league. So feel free to take all the tight ends you want. I've got mine, and that allows more value to drop to me when I get to the 4-5 or five turn. Yeah, and, and Des Bryant sitting there for you with Ahmad Bradshaw. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, Greg, I just want to ask you about, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with you about the uh, Jimmy Graham downside. I just I don't think this team is going to be the same team. Uh, are they playoff? Uh, sure, they'll, they'll probably make the playoffs, but uh, – Anyway, uh, Jimmy Graham and Gronk, uh, I, I really agree with you that, you know, they may have some downside, but I'm looking at some tight ends here that uh, they're all kind of clumped together uh, when you're talking about uh, Jason Witten, uh, Jermichael Finley, Antonio Gates, uh, Vernon Davis. Uh, you know, where do these – where do any of these four uh, step up, and uh, which one could be the best out of those four? Of those four, I like Vernon Davis. I think the one guy I see the, the name that's being overdrafted is Brandon Pettigrew. I just don't buy it at all. I think he saw way too many targets. He had virtually nothing after the catch. He did. He had, I think, one of the lowest yards per reception for tight ends. Uh, and really, Detroit treated him as an extension of their running game because they had none last year. So if they get any semblance of a running game with either Best or LaShore, Pettigrew's value is going to drop immensely. I think he's getting way overdrafted. We're talking to Jeff Pasquino from FootballGuys.com. Just participating in a Football Guys PPR experts kind of a draft. I don't know if any money's on the line, but this is where 12 guys get together and they really start to take a hard look at the ADP and start to form that. I see guys uh, like your your four or five turn was Des Bryant, Ahmad Bradshaw, 
uh, a few names there that may be a little safer at this point. Well, this was June 20th, you know, Percy Harvin, um, Ahmad Bradshaw. You know, he is a guy that's still in the offense. I can't, I can't fault that pick at all, really, but I like, I like both the picks. If I go to, if I go to the 6-7 turn, here's where you take Mike Vick and Denarius Moore. Now, both of those picks I'm a little shaky on because I think if you're waiting that long for a quarterback, I don't really see the need, in, unless you're really afraid that it's going to be dried up at the 8-9 turn, which it could be. Um, I'm, almost, I'm almost inclined to go ahead and pass there, too, and just get me a quarterback later, somebody like a Matt Schaub later, somebody that, uh, you know, and, and get a comfortable handcuff, you know, to that later. But uh, you obviously like Denarius Moore, and I see a lot of this happening. I'm not quite sure I really understand it because when I watched Carson Palmer and late in the season, it looked like it was Darius Hayward Bay was the number one wide receiver, but it, it's it's like flip flop this year, and they they automatically everybody's assuming that Denarius Moore is the number one wide receiver. How do you see it? Well, I think Denarius Moore is probably the one mistake I made in this in this whole draft. I think I probably if I had, if I could do it over again, I would put Reggie Wayne there instead of Denarius Moore as my wide receiver three. I think that's a stronger team. That said, though, I do like Moore. I think he's got a great upside in Oakland. I think that's a great passing game, um, but. I think he's solid there. As far as Vic, there's not many quarterbacks I see out there that have such huge upside potential uh, for on a given week as Vic. Yes, we could talk about the injuries. Yes, you know what? I'm going to know when he's hurt, and I'm going to have a, a solid uh, second quarterback to put in there. So give me Vic and the two to three t- touchdown potential in a given week to have a 300-plus game and then run in a touchdown as well. He only had one rushing touchdown last year. I think that number goes up this year. I, 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 Jeff, I, I'm sorry, but I disagree. Uh, the only reason that, that that doesn't go up is because the entire NFC uh, drafted Defensive players, they stockpiled uh, Washington, Dallas. Uh, they stockpiled defensive players, and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but that's what they did. And I think that's why Michael Vick's uh, his value may fall just a little bit. Well, I, I think the worst, uh, the, the the most difficult thing for Michael Vick is obviously the offensive line, and and they obviously. Uh, have to improve that in real-time action this year for him to kind of remain upright and mobile. And uh, that, but, but, again, I, I know what you're saying, Jeff. Uh, you get some big game potential. But I, I love guys later in this draft in the 10th round, like a Jay Cutler, um, uh, even an Andrew Luck-type player in his rookie season is going to have, you know, a, a pretty nice season this year. Again, it's not a, it's not a Michael Vick. But a Jay Cutler, Matt Schaub, I think they're going to be in the vicinity. Of uh, Mike Vick, if not higher than him this year, but but still the draft pan out good. Eight nine turn, you go with Bolden and Michael Bush. Now I like the Bolden pick. I think he's getting way underrated. I, I think the age factor is really uh, getting a little bit too blown up. I, I, he's a big time target for Flacco, and, and when healthy, they're going to continue to throw uh, throw him the ball. Michael Bush uh, again, uh, if, if for whatever reason something doesn't work with Matt Forte, you've got your, yourself a heck of a ball player in the ninth round. Yeah, I was looking for running backs with upside here, and I think that Forte, the holdout, is going to be a major issue there. And, again, after I took Bush, there were five, six running backs that went right off the board. So I knew I definitely liked the way that that played out. I like Bolden. I think he's a strong wide receiver four. Again, I was having buyer's remorse right after taking Zanaris more, so I wanted to hit that wide receiver spot again. Centennial Holmes didn't come back to me, so I grabbed Bolden. Um, I think he's a solid player at wide receiver four. Michael Bush is my running back three. I would have loved to see David Wilson fall to me again and handcuff him to Bradshaw because I love David Wilson. But I think Michael Bush is a strong upside play for the Bears. I think that's a solid bye week uh, running back. 10-11 turn, Jeff Pasquino looks at Brent Selleck and Lauren Robinson. Now, this is a reason to wait on a tight end. If you can get a tight end like Brent Selleck in the 10th round in a one-and-a-half PPR league, uh, these guys aren't evaluating a, a flex position. Can you play a flex in this in this format, or were, were those rules defined? No, the rules were no flex, but I definitely want to lock up. That's why I only took two tight ends, but I definitely want to light, lock, uh, lock up a solid uh, second tight end. And, again, uh, Tammy had just gone. 
Uh, Selleck was great, a great pick there because I think there were about a dozen tight ends off the board. So I, I was one of the first to grab my second tight end. And, again, before my next turn at the 12-13, I, th- I think I count, like six or seven tight ends went. So the only one that I really liked that went off the board after me was Owen Daniels, but I love grabbing Brent Selleck. Also handcuffs well with Michael Vick so I can get the double dip there. Hey, Jeff, uh, once you knew uh, once you knew that you weren't going to get a, a one of the uh, prolific, quote, tight ends uh, early on, uh, what round did you uh, did you look at getting those tight ends? Well, I did snag Aaron Hernandez early, so I was pretty happy with that. I think he's a top-five tight end, but I think Brent Selleck is a solid starter. Um, he was banged up all last year for the Eagles, and I think that he's going to get a lot of, a lot of targets again this year and a lot of t- – uh, end zone, red zone type targets. I think he's going to be, he's got upside of 70 catches and probably six or seven touchdowns this year. Here's a guy I want to talk about, Owen Daniels. Last year he didn't have Matt Schaub, and he still put up a a respectably healthy season for the most part, 54 catches, 677, and three touchdowns without his quarterback. Now, the the question is, uh, what type of player is Owen Daniels? Uh, a lot of people have him ranked as one of the top five tight ends, a sleeper tight end, and he, he failed to deliver. But, you know, Matt Shaw, let's face it, he had a lot to do with that, and now we're seeing that he's still being drafted uh, way late. If I look at the average draft position and I come over here and I click tight end, I get an average draft position of Owen Daniels at 11-12. In the 11-12th round, you can get Owen Daniels. So, uh, and again, that's not in uh, one and a half. He goes, you know, a little bit higher in those. But at the end of the day, what what are your thoughts on Owen Daniels? I think Owen Daniels is basically the second wide receiver for Houston. I think he gets a lot of targets, and I think he's uh, he's a good, solid upside guy. I, I think that you know, with healthy Schaub and healthy Owen Daniels, I think that's a, a team that passes a little bit more this year. I think I think to have a high ranking on Owen Daniels, you have to believe that he's going to get red zone looks. And with that potent of a running game with Arian Foster and Ben Tate, they can basically pound it in. I watched enough Texan games to realize these guys can pound it in at will, basically. And if they don't pound it in, they're going to dump it off to them and let them go at it. And it's amazing that ground game that they have with that offensive line. It's something. It's a thing of beauty. If you're an Arian Foster owner, you absolutely enjoy, like nothing else, uh, watching football on Sundays, okay? You have Aaron Foster on any of your teams. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, this guy just absolutely flat-out produces. And um, I, I, I feel like it's to, to rank, to justify Owen Daniels high, you've got to think that he's going to get some of those red zone looks, and I'm not so convinced. But Matt Schaub is back. That is a plus in his favor. I definitely bump him up a notch. But I think I still have him behind guys like up-and-comers, Fred Davis, Brett Selleck, uh, Finley Davis, Gates, all those guys, Pettigrew even, uh, I think I have him behind all those guys. And maybe even Jermaine Gresham I take before Owen Daniels. It's just, you know, I, I'd rather take the younger guy, the fresher legs, the less injury situation, and, and let Owen Daniels to somebody else. Give me a Greg Olson before an Owen Daniels at this point because I, I'm, a, I'm a little afraid of the age factor. And, um, you know, I don't know. That's it. But great draft, Jeff. Do you want to you stick around and uh, talk about some of the other uh, segments we've got coming up, or do you got to go? Uh, I, I pretty much got to run. But uh, I'm, I was happy to join you guys tonight. Thanks a lot. All right, Jeff. Jeff Pasquino, PayPalGuys.com. Thank you for joining us, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Jeff came on. Uh, I saw that draft. I was like, man, you got to come in and break this thing down because people are wondering how to live around this one-and-a-half points per catch for tight ends. It's a, it's new for the industry, but it's only been around probably the last, you know, four four years or so. And and now it's uh, becoming a staple of these leagues, the Football Guys Players Championship, and and all these local leagues. And and I I've, I'm getting calls. I got a call from a guy the other day. He said, Hey, we're starting this other contest, and uh, yeah, we're going to be using the uh, the main event rules. I'm like the main event rules. He's like, Yeah, you know the one and a half points per catch rules. They they draft out in Vegas. I'm like the FFPC. He's like, No, no, no. The main event. Go Google it. It says they call the main event. They draft out at the Rio. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I think I know who you're talking about here, man. It's the FFPC. They uh, they have one and a half and dual flex. Yeah, yeah, that's them. Yeah, we're we're using that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely catching on, and it's becoming kind of the norm. Okay, it, it, it's not the exception anymore. It's it's you better catch up and figure out where these tight ends are going because that's kind of the way most of these leagues are going. Let's talk about Percy Harvin for a second. My ESPN Adam Schefter said a trade would not happen. We've all heard what's going on. We don't really know 
what his deal is. If it's mo- we know it's money. Look, yeah, cut the crap. It's money, okay? He's getting nine hundred fifteen thousand dollars this year. He's projected. He's projected for one and a half in two thousand thirteen, but before before becoming a uh, free agent in two thousand fourteen. Now, rumor has it the Vikings are in talks with the Eagles about Percy Harvin. Uh, I don't know if they can make that happen. Uh, other teams involved, maybe Dallas for for the cornerback that's the head case, uh, Claiborne, Claiborne, Morris Claiborne. Yep. So, what do you think? What's going on with Harvin in your mind? I still take him as an elite wide receiver. I don't think he holds down. I think they patch this stuff up. This is just kind of fodder for the off season, right? Well, I think I think Harvin Harvin is going to be a, an elite wide receiver for whatever team he goes to. It just depends on. Uh, you know, his health and his migraines and things like that, that uh, that's always in a stigma. That's going to carry him, you know, that's going to go with him. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he's going to be, he's a, he's a great wide receiver. He he was a, He's a great wide receiver in a bad situation, in my opinion, with uh, Minnesota. So this guy can make it, you know, I mean, he can make a lot of things happen with a good team. So, I don't know, Scott. I mean, you know, it's kind of like Braylon Edwards. I, I hear the talk about Braylon Edwards going to Cincinnati, hooking up with uh, Andy Dalton. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things that can happen there. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't really know what's going on with that. I, I'm. I want. I want to play a little game here. I'm sure what the answer is going to be, but I've got to ask. Uh, we're going gonna to have a segment called Either, Neither, or Both, Mike. And I've only got one for you this week. We're going to start it off. We're going to see how it goes, see how the chat room likes it. Either, Neither, or Both. Are you guys ready in the chat room? Here we go. Uh, will you be drafting Either, Neither, or Both? Randy Moss or Ocho Cinco, Mike? Either, Neither, or Both? I will be drafting Randy Moss. All right. Well, look, they've got rave reviews for this guy in camp so far. I don't really know what to think of this. Uh, it's a resurrection, so to speak, if this is the case. You have to have mad respect for San Francisco's coaching staff. I mean, that's the thing here. They're, they're not a bunch of dummies. These guys actually came into the league. They took over a team with, with bad attitudes and, and, and a marginal talent on offense and, and really got them to gel together, especially with that defense. They, they took a back seat the last couple of years. Uh, under the former coaching regime, and they come in and they make things happen. Now, all of a sudden, they bring Randy Moss and resurrect him back to life. Is that what we're expected to believe? Uh, his ADP right now, Mike, if I can find it for you real quick, hold on, is 9-11. The end of the ninth round, tenth round, 9-10 turn, you're getting your fourth wide receiver thereabouts, Randy Moss. Well, you, you think you uh, might take him there? Yes. Yeah, well, I wouldn't take him that early. I would probably hold off a couple rounds, uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're giving me either, neither, or both, uh, I'm, I'm going Randy Moss. All right. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm still not convinced. I, I'm still on the neither fence here. Uh, I, if I had to, if I had to take one, it, <laughs> you know, it's a trick question, right? If I had to take like one, going neither. I would take Ocho Cinco, okay, and here's why. Miami Dolphins, they have nothing at wide receiver. Brian Hartline's the best they got. Some are predicting a breakout season for Brian Hartline. Google Brian Hartline breakout, and you'll get a chance to read up on what people are talking about in Miami. However, if that doesn't happen, okay, if that doesn't happen, Ocho Cinco is the only guy that I could possibly see leading the team in receptions. It's not going to be Jeff Fuller. It's not going to be Devon Pest. I just don't see these guys – as being well, high volume fantasy point guys, I mean that might lead him in catches, but not at not at fantasy points. So I heard that Ocho impressed in his first workout with the team. He showed speed and and signs of you know life, right. uh, according to according to Matt Moore. So and that, that consider the source, right? But Ocho saying the right things. He always says the right things at this time of year. You know, I want to get back to being Chad Johnson. I want to do this and get back to basics. My point is this: It's Miami. You're playing the you're playing the Patriots. You're playing the Bills. You're playing the Jets. These are games you're probably going to be behind in most of these games, and you're going to have to come back, kind of like the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, you don't have that Sperano anymore, kind of ground and pound type style. You're going to have to air it out a little bit. And 
he's got a much better uh, potential to air it out than you know, like uh, Randy Moss at San Fran. I mean, they're crowded there. You got you got Crabtree, you got Vernon Davis, you got Manningham. All these guys, I think, you know, at in the twilight of his career, are you expecting me to believe that he comes back from that Titans debacle and that Vikings debacle, coming back better than ever? I just, I just, I just don't, I just don't buy it. Scott, if, if if the Miami Dolphins, if they're not trained and used to airing them out, is it going to immediately happen right away with uh, this magical wide receiver? What I'm saying is Devon Bass is a pretty daggone good wide receiver. Uh, they've got they've got good wide receivers on their team, but the thing is they're not used to airing it out. So. Who is going to throw it? Who's going to throw it to Ojo Cinco? I mean, who's going to throw that ball to Ojo Cinco? And what, what, at, at what time does what? Now it's Chad Johnson. What time does Chad Johnson or Ojo Cinco say, "All right, I'm tired of being thrown to, and you're not getting me the ball," and he and he's just setting it down and just getting frustrated. I mean, when does that happen? Because it's going to happen, and it's going to happen within, I would say, week two, three of the NFL. Oh man, you know who we—you uh, you know who it is. Um, They've—it's uh, got to be Tannehill at some point, right? I mean, they've got to get the cameras on Lauren Tannehill. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Getting the cameras on. Lauren Tannehill, I'm going to go ahead and get the cameras on her in the chat room here because I've got everybody just kind of hanging out right now. So we'll see if we can't pull up. Somebody somebody, give me a picture of Lauren Tannehill in the chat room, please. I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm trying to run a show here, but let's move on Tannehill. to the next. Tannehill. Tannehill's going to do it. You're telling <laughs> me Tannehill's going to do it. <laughs> let's move on to better than Alex Smith, man. I don't know what you want me to say. The next segment I, is. Well, I, I, I'm just telling you. Kenny Hill against a, a big big time lineman in the NFL is a lot different than Kenny Hill against uh, SEC or a college lineman. I mean, this is a totally different game. The game has changed. The game has changed so much. The game has changed so much, Scott, that we have NFL former NFL players. They can't remember their name. I mean. I'm going in a different direction here, but that's the point of it. These guys can't remember their freaking name. Oh, there we go. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you got to go to the chat room. That's why. That's why it's the best. Um, we've got uh, we've got a Lauren Tannehill sighting, and I can't wait for HBO Hard Knocks. Moving on to the rookie rodeo segment, Mike. We're running out of time. We got to keep this thing rolling. I want to give you two names that you might be looking at yourself and saying, who the heck are these guys? Who who the, who the heck are these guys? You know, I don't, I don't look at rookies, but if you play dynasty football, you've definitely looked at the names, you've seen the names, you've maybe even Googled a story or two, watched a YouTube video or so. I'm going to go ahead and put one in the chat room right now. This is Joe Adams. So you guys in the chat room, go ahead and click that. Watch this Joe Adams highlight run. Uh, we've, got, we've got the 92-yard touchdown. This is actually a wide receiver catch. Uh, they're playing Auburn, 21 to 14, and he, this guy, has absolute wheels. Uh, we're at the 16 second mark. He, he, oh, it's a handoff. It's a handoff, and this guy just turns on the Jets, man. I mean, he is absolutely impressive. Uh, he, fast. Never seen a crazier punt return than this one. I'm going to go ahead and give you one in the chat room right here. This is Joe Adams. Joe Adams in the chat room. The crew here, red versus blue. This punt return. Let me make sure I can get that one for you guys. Yep, yep. This punt return, Mike, if you if you can check this out, unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a crazier punt return than this, okay? Yeah, I've seen that. You probably watched the game. I mean, I know you're a big SEC guy. This this thing is crazy. Here he goes. Backs up. Look. How did he get through that? Five guys, six guys, seven guys. Eight, nine. He's gone. All right. He's got away from everybody. I mean, that's just uh, that's mobility. Uh, that's all it is. 
Oh, listen, okay. Craziest punt return I've ever seen. Uh, did they draft him just for his punt return duties? No. He'll be a dangerous slot receiver, okay, at first. That's kind of what I'm predicting. You know, they've been waiting. Steve Smith, this poor guy, ever since Musa Muhammad, he has not had a legit wide re- uh, number two wide receiver on the other side, and he still gets it done. It's nice to see now that he has a quarterback, this guy still produces, but how is that guy any different than Steve Smith, okay? I mean, He's really just not, okay? Four punt return touchdowns in his senior year. He's either going to be a slot or a flanker, 5'10", 180, runs a 440. He's fast, and he and he just makes ball plays, okay? So I, I'd really like to see somebody, you know, play like a Steve Smith, and I, and I always enjoyed him to play. So I'd like to see Joe Adams. Uh, I've been kind of scooping him up in my dynasty league, just maybe taking a flyer on him. Could be a high workload kind of deep threat guy. Um, definitely gets the special action points for touchdowns in the uh, punt returns and kickoff. So the other guy I want to talk about, Mike, is another Arkansas hog, and, and you probably know this guy too, right? Greg uh, Childs. Yeah, Greg Childs. He was the third Arkansas wide receiver taken in this draft, yet as a player for Arkansas, he was their go-to wide receiver. He, when he was healthy, he was the best wide receiver they had. But, look, injuries really hurt this guy hamstring, ankle, knee, and, and the worst, the patella. He, he tore his patella. He was out for 18 months. This kid is 6'3", 220, okay? He runs a 4 You're talking about jump balls. The guy gets in. He, he has to get better at his route running, okay? But when I heard him say, I'll be the steal of the draft, okay, you know, I, all right, you hear a lot of these guys talk like that. But I watched and researched this guy. Very good skills. And you got to think about this. With Jerome Simpson serving a suspension, Plus, you've got the Percy Harvin factor. This guy could could start seeing duty early, and maybe even hold on to a spot. So that's a kind of a sneaky guy there well, to, you know, to keep your eye on. I, you know what, Scott? I, I really like comment on Greg Childs for a little bit because, you know, being an SEC fan, I, I watch a lot of their games. Uh, this kid has a ton of ability. He's, a, I mean, he can do whatever. He wants to do, but I'm I'm just afraid he's in a bad situation in Minnesota. I I really do. It just uh, it sets up wrong, uh, you know, for his first couple years. But uh, you know, they're going to be coming from behind, so that's going to give give him a little bit of better opportunity. But uh, it just doesn't set up so well. But I really want everybody uh, everybody to. Keep their keep their eye on this, Craig Childs, because I I totally agree with you, Scott. Uh, this guy is something. He's something special. And uh, after watching him for uh, two three years, wow. I mean, that's all I got to say is wow. Well, I had the chance to I had the chance to uh, draft either one of them. They were both there in a dynasty draft the other day. Very hard for me. I went in looking for Childs, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna take him. And then I saw Joe Adams there, and I'm like, man. I love this Joe Adams kid. I just got to take a flyer on him. Every time I see him in a draft, I just got to take a flyer and let him sit on my bench. I don't care if he rots on there. I'm going to take a, I'm gonna keep taking a flyer on him. So that's, that's kind of the fun uh, with, with Dynasty football. Let's move on to let's play high or low. Will the ADP move up or down for these players come September, Mike? And I want to give you the first name on our list, and I'll give you his ADP. I'll pull up his ADP here. Let me go find it. I'll pull up my average draft position tool as sponsored by Fantasy Football Calculator. This is uh, standard. This is actually PPR flex scoring. And we're going to look for this player on the ADP list. And his name is Brandon Lloyd. Mike, uh, Brandon Lloyd is being taken at 603 this month, 603. The highest he's been taken is 46. The latest is seven eleven, but his average is six three. So you've got to spend if you're at the end of the end of the, the, the draft there, the end of that round, a higher pick, you've got to spend your uh sixth round pick on a Brandon Lloyd. Do you think that number is gonna be uh higher or lower come draft day? Uh I think it will be uh let me take a look. I, I think it's gonna be a little lower than that, believe it or not. Uh you know, I think he's got a lot of opportunities to uh, to make things work out there, but uh, I I just think it's going to be a little bit lower. Uh, Mike, I think yeah. it's going to be a lot lower. Brandon Lloyd as the 
23rd best wide receiver with the best quarterback throwing to him, I think it's actually a little absurd. I'm, I'm getting really – I'm really turning myself, warming myself up to Brandon Lloyd. Josh McDaniels, excited to be reunited with this kid. He was the number two wide receiver in all of football for Denver, remember? Yeah. That's, that's how motivated McDaniels can get him. He was an average producer at best. For the five years that he played when he split time with the Niners and the Redskins, and then he was on the Bears. Uh, but he got acquainted with McDaniels when the when the when when they both arrived in Denver back in 2009, and, and then he was fired in 2010. So uh, if you remember, they were reunited again back for the, for the Rams. And listen to this stat, Mike. He played 25 games for McDaniels through the parts of those three seasons, and the numbers are staggering in those games. Lloyd had 119 receptions, 1,900 yards, and 14 touchdowns, okay? But without McDaniels, okay, he had 192 catches in 87 games, four times as many games, 192 catches, 2,800 yards, 17 touchdowns. So his his production is more than doubled across the board when he's with McDaniels, and he has obvious ability to get the best out of this explosive receiver. I, I think Lloyd is undervalued. And, Mike, I think everybody's still thinking that Gronkowski's going to get the targets that he got last year. But you got to think to yourself, the only reason he got those was there was no wide receiver like a Brandon Lloyd over there to decide. Yeah. Is, uh, well, let's put it this way. Is Brandon Lloyd in a better situation than, say, a uh, Deshaun Jackson, Torrey Smith, uh, Michael Crabtree, those three. I mean, is he is he in a better situation? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's gonna, you know, it's a high touchdown, high octane offense, and you're not gonna have to really weigh and lean on a guy like Gronkowski when you've got a a, a, a tangible, you know, wide receiver that, the, with the ability of Brandon Lloyd. So. Anyway, just for the guy to keep your eye on, again, it's 23rd wide receiver off the board. Mike, we're not talking about drafting 10 or 15. We're saying right. take him somewhere in that 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, you know, right now he's 23. It's going to go up considerably. I mean, Demarius Thomas, what do we know about Demarius Thomas? I mean, other than, you know, he can catch a deep ball from uh, Tim Tebow. I mean, Peyton, we don't really have – we don't know a lot about. You definitely know about Tom Brady. <laughs> Now, come on, Scott. Now, hold on, hold on. Demarius Thomas is going to get even better with Peyton. You know that. You know that as well as I do. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not discounting that he's going to get better as long as Peyton plays. But we still don't know if he can take a hit, and we don't know. I mean, who's the backup in Denver? I don't know. I, you know, so I know for a fact that Tom Brady, you know, look, you don't have a lot to worry about there. He can stand up all day. The offensive line lets him stay there all day and just toss and sling it around, and he'll score 50 a game. You know, that's not the Denver Broncos this year. That's not the team they're trying to be. And I think everybody's going to learn that. If they're, if they're thinking they're getting the Peyton Manning with the Indianapolis Colts, that's not what they're getting. That's not how it's going to be there. You know this guy. I mean, he might throw for 4,000 yards. He's not going to be a 30-touchdown guy, so. I, All right. Well, I kind of I kind of disagree with you there because they're they're gonna they're gonna sling it. Cam Newton is the next in our let's play high low game, Mike. Cam Newton being drafted at three six overall on our trusty ADP from Fantasy Football Calculator. Thank you guys. Cam Newton three six, Mike. High or low? Uh, that's way too high for me. I mean, uh, but. You know, I don't know. I mean, because it's so hard because there's so many quarterbacks that are drafted immediately in the first round, and then you go through two, three rounds, and there's no quarterbacks drafted. So the way I the way I look at it, either you get them quick, or you just say, "Hey, I'm done with them." So I I'm, I'm I can't say how low. I, I'm just gonna say uh, right at it, Scott. <laughs> Three six, Mike. I think that is uh, that's too high. That has to come down. Um, it's just it, you, you can't let Cam Newton stay out there that long. Not with the year that he had. Now I do want to make mention. He started his NFL career two consecutive 400-yard passing games. The first one we saw against Arizona, people discounted it. The second one we saw was Green Bay. We're like, okay, 
He was ranked number two in the league in passing yards, headed into week three. His team was 0-2. He's thrown more interceptions, four, than touchdowns, three. Now, we all know the story. He went on to set the rookie mark, 4,000 yards, rushed for 14 touchdowns. He ran away with rookie of the year honors. But Newton excelled because of this, his ability to keep defenses guessing by running and throwing the ball. On his first trip, Mike, if you saw this, I sent this to you, through the NFC South, he scored five rushing touchdowns. The next time around on his second trip through the South, he only had one. So the question is, can you keep the defenses honest, uh, or, or what do they know about Cam Newton this year? The, the, the upside is the thing here. At 3-6, that's too late. It's got to come back up into the second round. Uh, you can't let Cam Newton slip out of the second round. This is a quarterback league. It, it's, just, it's just the way it is. Yeah, I totally agree, and it's going to be uh... – it's going to be very tough to pass on Cam, but uh, you know you might have to do that to wait to wait on Cam Newton or to give him up, uh, basically to get uh, you know a fifth round quarterback or I mean a third round quarterback uh, because those those guys they just kind of go by the wayside and then you can get a Philip Rivers or a uh, Tony Romo or a Matt Ryan. I mean. You're going to lose some points there by giving up Cam Newton, but you can gain some points by grabbing somebody that can be very, uh, very beneficial to your team. It, it just depends on the quarter or the running back or the wide receiver that, that you want to take in place of Cam Newton versus a Philip Rivers or a, a Tony Tony Romo or a Matt Ryan. Yeah, the uh, the point differential is staggering, you know. Uh, I, that's why you want one of those top elite guys. Um, it's just a it's just a different league. The fact that they're all throwing for breaking records, five thousand yards and thirty five touchdowns. You got Stafford throwing for five thousand. You want to get one of these guys. Period. If you don't, you're going to piece it together all year. And, and, yeah, you know, you still get value with an Eli Manning. I throw Eli up into that elite category. Most people don't now, but I still put him up there. He just doesn't get the props for it. That's the only difference between Eli and those elite guys. He just doesn't get the props for it, especially with this offense. It's taken them a couple years. We're going to talk about Eli in a second. Hang tight. Third player, Ty Lowe, Sean Green, okay? We're going to bring back Sean Green here to talk about him because he's being drafted in the fifth round, Mike. Now, you know, last year people were telling you to take him in the second and third round, and, and, you know, if you didn't take him in the third, you had to take him early fourth. Well, now he's being drafted in the fifth. LaDainian Tomlinson is gone. 5-1, Mike, high or low? You know what? I, I, think, it's, I think it's high. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm having a hard time buying into Sean Green right now. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know what direction that uh, Ryan and that entire offense, Sanchez, they want them to go because they have no direction. That offense has no direction whatsoever. They don't know if they want to run, if they want to pass. I mean, it, it's good to do the mix. That's what you have to do to be successful. But there is no direction right now. So uh, until I find that direction out of them uh, – I can't buy into Sean Green at all. All right. Well, let's put it into this. Uh, I, I do think it's um, I do think it's high only because you know Tim Tebow and Joe McKnight. Actually, the the question is can can Sean Green, who's being drafted, let me pull this up again, uh, at five one, he's being drafted at five one as the twenty fourth running back off the board. Now, Mike, you know where he you know where he finished last year. Do you have any idea where he finished? It, it wasn't up there. I know that. It was number 20 overall, okay? So there you go. Sean Green was number 20 overall last year. He's being drafted as number 24 running back this year. So the question is, is he worth it at the 24 pick? Well, you got to think this. LaDainian Thompson had 75 carries, not a lot. He had 42 receptions and 450 yards. Now, somebody has to get those receptions. Sean Green got 30 last year. The question is, can he get about half of those and jump up into that 50 tier, uh, that 50 uh, reception count? If he does, 
most most people would say if you get 250 carries and you get 50 receptions, you're going to be a top 15 back. So I'm thinking it's a little low, Mike. Hey, last but not least, I'm going to leave you with that, but uh, Victor Cruz, Hawking, Knicks, I love the fact that you might be able to put both of these guys on your team due to the Knicks injury. I would be a big fan of taking Knicks and Cruz, and I'm not even going to ask you to choose, Mike, but go ahead. Knicks or Cruz? Ah, Knicks. All right, I take Cruz. Cruz is the man. The kid was just so shifty, and then again, he he caught the (laughs) same night. The 99-yard touchdown was against my JET. Yes, 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 yes. So I, I remember. Thanks to the crew at the chat room here. We love you. We'll see you next Friday, Mike. Always a good time. Reverse Blues nice uh, out for now. We'll see you next You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.